Live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth who are listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnzen, your host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Tuesday on this very last day of January, January 31st, 2023. I am thrilled to have on the program a first-time guest today. His name is Dr. David G. Whitlaw. He is Professor of Church History at Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And today we are going to be addressing the sum of saving knowledge. And it's my honor and privilege to welcome you for the very first time ever to Iron Trump and Zion Radio, Dr. David Whitlaw. Hi, Chris. It's good to be with you this afternoon. And uh, first of all, before we get into your salvation testimony, which we always have first-time guests provide, I would love to hear about Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm very familiar with this fine institution, but there is the possibility that some of our listeners are not so familiar with it. So tell our listeners about RPTS in Pittsburgh. Well, uh, Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary has uh, been in existence since 1810. That makes us, I think, one of the oldest consistently Reformed and evangelical seminaries in the United States at this point, by the grace of God alone. We were initially established as a training institute for ministers of the gospel for the Reformed Presbyterian Church of North America. And we continue to, uh, of course, fulfill that function for the small Reformed denomination that I serve. But over the last couple of centuries, we have uh, very much expanded our ministry to include uh, preparation for all sorts of different avenues of ministry in the broader church. Uh, Certainly, we serve our local constituency here in Pittsburgh, but we also serve a much broader constituency around the world. It's a real blessing to have distance learning students from all over the globe uh, tuning into our classes, and many of them, of course, come and live here as well. We have many uh, residents serving uh, churches from many different parts of the world. Uh, We're blessed to be uh, served also by the uh, Biblical Counseling Institute, Uh, the Wilson Center, which is part of our campus now as well, and we have a biblical counseling concentration, as well as uh, all other uh, normal facets of study for Master of Divinity students. So we serve a broad constituency. By the grace of God, uh, we continue to uphold the Reformed faith. Uh, We subscribe to the Westminster Standards, and um, we're delighted to, uh, to be of service in that capacity. 
Great. And if anybody wants to find out more about uh, Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, go to rpts.edu, rpts.edu. And I'd also like to highlight a couple of uh, interviews that I have done with those involved with the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh in the past. And after this live show is over, perhaps you might want to look them up. One of them that was conducted fairly recently in August of 2022, August 26th to be precise, had a fascinating interview with Robert M. Copeland on his book published by Crown and Covenant Publications, A Candle Against the Dark, Reformed Presbyterians and the Struggle Against Slavery in the United States. Uh, It may surprise many to know that the Reformed Presbyterian Church of North America denomination was uh, the very first, if I'm not mistaken, uh, evangelical Protestant denomination in the United States to openly oppose slavery. Uh, Of course, the Quakers did, but this is a much more theologically sound denomination that was in the forefront of opposing slavery. Uh, So you may find this book absolutely fascinating, and as I did, and this interview that you can hear uh, if you just go to the search engine of ironsharpensironradio.com and type in Copeland, C-O-P-E-L-A-N-D, for Robert M. Copeland, the author of A Candle Against the Dark, uh, you'll be able to hear that. Another uh, interview I conducted uh, back in 2018, April 16th, 2018, I think you may find fascinating because there are very few evangelical Protestant experts on the religion of Eastern Orthodoxy. And I interviewed a member of the faculty at Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary, Dr. Jack D. Kinnear, on the theme, Eastern Orthodoxy, What Separates It from Rome and the Reformation. And I think that you will find that absolutely fascinating as well, as I said, especially since there are very few uh, evangelical Protestant experts on that religion of Eastern Orthodoxy. So I just thought I'd mention those two. There are others uh, that I have interviewed, but I wanted to highlight those. And uh, the uh, the issue that I mentioned before that we want to hear now, since you are a first-time guest, uh, we have a tradition here whenever we have a first-time guest in the program, that guest gives a summary of their salvation testimony, which would include any kind of religious atmosphere in which they were raised, and also what kind of providential circumstances our Sovereign Lord raised up in their lives that drew him to him, them to himself and saved them. So let's hear your story. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, as you say, it is a testimony of the grace of God, and uh, in a certain level, everybody's testimony is a testimony to the same saving grace. The Lord in his mercy Uh, looked upon uh, an unworthy sinner and brought him to himself. But our Lord uses means, and I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home. My father was a minister in the Free Church of Scotland, a Presbyterian denomination I'm sure you're uh, familiar with. Uh, So I was born in in Scotland. Um, uh, I was raised, however, in Northern Ireland, so I guess that means I'm Scots-Irish. And uh, my father uh, received a call to the Evangelical Presbyterian Church of Ireland 
and uh, so I was uh, raised there. Uh, in many ways, the uh, means the Lord used uh, to bring me to himself um, uh, are very similar to, to many others in the Reformed faith. I, I was blessed to hear the gospel from a very young age. Uh, I certainly participated in family worship. That uh, was always uh, the family altar always had a central role uh, in our family's life. I was blessed to uh, hear uh, excellent preaching. Um, when my, my father retired, he was a, an excellent preacher as well. Uh, but when he retired from ministry, I was about maybe eight or nine years old, and we migrated to the Reformed Presbyterian Church of Ireland. And uh, my pastor was Reverend Ted Donnelly, a name you may be familiar with. Oh, yes, and, one of the finest preachers I've ever heard. I re- he was a guest preacher at the Orthodox Presbyterian Church of Franklin Square, Long Island, New York, many years ago, and I had the privilege of being in attendance for that, and he was utterly superb. Well, it's a, it's, it's a small world, and, and uh, Ted certainly uh, re- regularly made trips this side of the pond. I remember from my youth, uh, he would often be a regular speaker um, at Al Martin's church, and, and Baptist, Reformed Baptist Presbyterian churches, all kinds of churches, and uh, that's the preaching I was ple- uh, the Lord was pleased to uh, to use uh, to me coming to faith. Uh, it doesn't mean to say that um, it was always uh, a smooth ride, however. Um, I did uh, go to a small Christian school, which my parents helped begin. And uh, when it came to high school, I went to public school in my hometown, which uh, did not have quite the same impact upon me. Uh, there were a few years where um, I certainly would say I knew I was not yet uh, converted, but the Lord, by his mercy, uh, never let go. The hound of heaven was on my tail, and uh, I came to a crisis uh, moment, I'd say, around 15 years old. Uh, the Lord is often pleased to use uh, means to bring uh, covenant children to himself by waking them up to what they've always known. I think it's quite common for uh, those raised in Christian homes to take the gospel for granted. And uh, through a period of, of considerable illness and various surgeries, uh, uh, I was uh, brought to my senses. Uh, I think it was Thomas Brooks, the Puritan, that said, when the Lord lays a man on his back, his eyes look up to heaven. And that was uh, literally true with me. And uh, the Lord was pleased to draw me to himself. Now, I continued to grow in the faith um, largely uh, through the influence of uh, the preaching of the word, as I've said, which not only saves but, but sanctifies. Um, also, the very important place, um, a very important role was played by Christian literature in my life. And in many ways, um, I have my father to thank for that. My father um, had um, been converted in, he was converted in Toronto, Canada, actually, in the 1950s and uh, returned from Canada to London for some uh, theological training, felt called to the mission field. And while he was there, uh, he ran into a preacher um, who I'm sure your hearers are familiar with, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he met my, my, my mom there as well. And so they were members at the doctor's church. And like so many in that generation who went on to uh, serve as preachers, my dad was was one of their number. And uh, the doctor would, of course, always impress upon my father the the value of reading the Puritans. And so I was raised in a home where I was uh, regularly given the mantra, read the Puritans, read the Puritans. And so perhaps it's no surprise that um, I'm talking to you today about recovering a work of uh, a Puritan era, uh, two Puritan era writers, I should say. But the Puritans played a a great role um, in my maturing in the faith. Uh, my father was in London around the time of the Banner of Truth uh, emerging, and uh, 
banner books have always been part of my DNA. So my Christian friends at college would always laugh and joke and point at my bookshelves and say, is there anything here that isn't published by the banner of truth? Um, certainly um, the Lord used that, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well. So I followed my father's footsteps. I, I, uh, I, be, I was a pastor uh, here in, um, in America for eight years. I was a pastor of a Reformed Presbyterian church in Indianapolis. Uh, prior to that, I, I did a spell as a Christian high school teacher in that city as well. And um, then I felt a sense of call to the ministry. Um, I tend to place more eggs in the basket of the external call. I had many people in the church who were uh, urging me to consider seminary. And uh, in the end, it was actually my pastor, Ted Donnelly, who was back in the States preaching at a conference. Um, he was preaching a series on the book of Jeremiah. And every one of those messages um, just uh, beat on my heart. Uh, as to the great need and urgency of uh, preaching to a dying culture. And uh, that's very much at the heart of Jeremiah's message. And the Lord used that to make me finally uh, turn the page and uh, go to seminary. And so I came here to Reform Presbyterian Theological Seminary, and it's uh, a blessing uh, to be serving now as a faculty member here as well. Well, it might interest you uh, to know that a friend of mine who is now in eternity with Christ, Peter Jeffrey, he, oh, yes. he was at one time the pastor of where Martin Lloyd-Jones first pastored mm. uh, in Aberyst, uh, not Aberyst with Wales, but at Port, Ta- Port Talbot, yes, Sandfields in Port, Port Talbot, Wales. Yes, right, right. And uh, when Peter Jeffrey was visiting the United States, which at one time, when he was in good health, he was doing fairly regularly. I think he was doing it annually. Uh, the congregation where I was a member, uh, at the time, uh, it was uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Amityville, and then later became a Grace Reformed Baptist Church of Merrick, Long Island, New York, when it merged with another church. But Peter uh, had been a speaker at that church a number of times, and providentially, he was in the United States at the same time that my dear, precious mother was dying of pancreatic cancer. And uh, I had the honor and privilege to have Peter Jeffrey sit at my mother's bedside while she was dying for at least, mm. a, at least a half hour alone. They were both alone. Mm. And uh, I had been going through some anxiety over... Uh, whether my mother's faith was genuine. Uh, She was a Roman Catholic who appeared to be clearly embracing the true gospel and it had jettisoned the baggage of Rome, the the false gospel, the the idolatry and the superstition. But I still had that nagging anxiety, and when Peter emerged from her deathbed, he said to me, in his thick Welsh accent, I don't know what you're worried about. Your mother's going to heaven. She's born again. <laughs> so that was an extra blessing uh, from God to hear Peter say that. That's that's really special. It's you know, it's funny you mentioned Peter Jeffrey. It, it is a small world. Um, um, I, I've never I never met uh, Peter Jeffrey, but um, his works were also very helpful when I was a very young Christian. Um, um, Evangelical Press uh, over there in the UK, I think, published most, if not all, of his his books, and uh, many of his 
Um, I would call them simple commentaries, but small, short Bible studies are just superb to give to uh, young Christians. And uh, I, I've done a lot of youth work. I continue to do a lot of youth work. And uh, Peter Jeffrey's books are just uh, very, very helpful to put into the hands of young believers. Very accessible, and uh, that's. Uh, but that's a very special. That's a very special memory. Amen. I cherish it uh, nearly every single day because it comes mm-hmm. to my mind, and uh, I have that confidence that my dear mother is uh, with her Lord God, Savior, and King for eternity. And, Amen. And would never trade places with any of us for a split second, as is true. Amen. As is true with all the saints who have gone on to eternity. Uh, well, we are going to be discussing uh, a book that has been brought back into print, The Sum of Saving Knowledge, originally written in 1650 by David Dixon and James Durham. Can you tell us about the republication of this book and your participation in it? Absolutely. Well, this is a project that I've been um, really eager to see the light of day uh, for many years. Uh, the project began life when I was a pastor in Indianapolis. Um, I taught many courses to our adult Sunday school class, and one of the things I was really eager to do was to encourage lay people to read some of the more um, significant, important works of our Christian past. Um, I used to have a mantra I would uh, I would always ask my congregation, what is the most dangerous place for a new, for a new Christian? And uh, the answer to that question is a Christian bookstore. Uh, <laughs> a little bit facetious, perhaps. But, um, yes, I remember, I remember uh, saying some, I remember someone of note saying that every Christian bookstore should have a sign outside that says, enter at your own risk. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's perhaps quite true. I, and I, I want to be very careful. There are some absolutely stellar Christian uh, bookstores. Banner of uh, Truth uh, for one. Uh, <laughs> Banner of Truth and for C- one. And Cumberland uh, Valley Bible Bookstores. Absolutely. Uh, it, so many of the um, brick-and-mortar stores, of course, sadly have, have closed uh, due to the Internet. Um, many have diversified and have managed to hang on. But but by and large, many of the large evangelical bookstore chains, certainly in the Midwest where I was a pastor, um, were very disappointing stores to visit. And sometimes it was hard to find a book in the bookstore uh, as well. But I, I would find often even even visiting um, a pastoral visitation, just, just having a concern about the cow of the books I would find on people's shelves. Um, I would often say the most dangerous bookshelf in said bookstore was the top 10 bestseller list. Uh, the Bible, of course, accepted. Um, so so I, I've always had a burden to see, um, to see Christians putting their roots down deeper. Many Christians don't really know um, what is the best thing to read. Of the making of many books, there is no end, uh, the preacher tells us. And uh, and so trying to bring to light the great works of the past. Well, The Sum of Saving Knowledge is a little book which um, I was very concerned was going to vanish uh, off the radars of uh, particularly Christians uh, within the Reformed tradition. Uh, it's a book that was published initially in 1650. And um, what I did was I, I recovered this book um, and uh, I slightly edited the language uh, just to update some of the older phrases. Um, I um, I changed the King James to the New King James. Uh, I t- wanted to make it something that would be accessible to the flock. And then I prepared a study guide to accompany it. And we went 
chapter by chapter through this little book. And it was a, and just found to be incredibly helpful by, as a very clear uh, presentation of a summary of what you need to know to be saved, which really is what some of saving knowledge uh, means. Uh, some, I think there may be a, a play on words, but the word sum could also be a sum total. Uh, all you need to know to be saved might be another way in which we could, uh, which we could um, uh, translate that for today's um, English speakers. So what does the book um, really contain? Well, the long title is A Brief Sum of Christian Doctrine Contained in the Holy Scriptures and Holden Forth in the Foresaid Confession of Faith and Catechisms together with the practical use thereof. And there's a very typical, lengthy, wordy, 17th century Puritan <laughs> title. Uh, generally speaking, historically, it's been uh, abbreviated to simply the sum. And uh, there was a day when you could say to another Reformed believer, have you read the sum? And everybody knew the book that we were being uh, was being talked about. But the book, um, as that title indicates, um, is meant to be a companion to the Westminster Confession of Faith and catechisms. Uh, it's essentially uh, an effort to summarize particularly the soteriology of the confession of faith um, and to make it uh, accessible to the average person in the pew. And then uh, there are three chapters of practical application of that soteriology into the life of the believer. Now, um, there's a really interesting uh, story behind this. I don't, would you like me to tell you the story of how this book came to Oh, me? yes, definitely. Okay, so so as you mentioned, there are these two these two Scottish Presbyterian pastors, James Durham and David Dixon. I should maybe tell you a little bit about them uh, before I go any further. James Durham uh, was a young minister in Glasgow. Uh, he was in his twenties when this book was uh, published. Uh, professor at Glasgow University, even in his twenties, a, a truly remarkable young theologian. Uh, he has been um, fairly extensively republished uh, recently by Naphtali Press. And uh, prior to that, the Banner of Truth, uh, I know, published his uh, commentary on the Song of Solomon. Uh, he has a very famous commentary on Revelation, sermons on Isaiah 53, uh, and so forth. Uh, he was, the, we might say, the junior partner in the, um, in the writing process. Uh, his um, uh, mentor, we might say, was David Dixon. Uh, by the 1650s, he was a very influential pastor uh, preacher, seminary professor, theologian. Um, he had famously preached at the Kirk of Shots revival in the 1630s. Uh, he was professor of divinity in Glasgow, uh, later served uh, with Robert Layton in Edinburgh University. Um, Crawford Gribben, a uh, historian of the period, uh, who I know is, a, a, I think, a mutual friend of ours, uh, he has estimated that Dixon may have trained as many as 75% of Scottish ministers in his generation. So uh, the author, that particular author, had a massive impact uh, on his generation. And uh, these two uh, brothers in Christ, they would go for uh, walks uh, in the afternoon for their constitutional uh, in the Crags, which is a hilly region um, just outside of Glasgow. And as they would talk, they would engage in edifying conversation and in the late 1640s, of course, the talk of the time was the, the war that was then going on, the Civil War, and in particular, the work of the Westminster Assembly of Divines. 
and the catechisms had just appeared in 1648. Uh, they had just followed the Confession, which had been published in 1647. Uh, the General Assembly of the Scottish Presbyterian Church quickly ratified these and disseminated them for public use. But uh, one day, as uh, the brothers were walking along, they were commenting just on how they felt that the Confession, and particularly uh, I think the larger catechism, they said it might prove, and this is their quote, too large and dark. Uh, in other words, this might be um, uh, putting the cookies on the top shelf uh, for some of our younger people, some of our uh, new believers. And is there perhaps some way in which we can make the glorious doctrinal truths of the confession and catechisms um, more accessible to the average person in the pew. So what they decided to do was to write this brief summary, a sum of saving knowledge, and they dictated the summary to their secretary, uh, Patrick Simpson was his name, as they would go on these afternoon walks. And uh, so Patrick Simpson, their amanuensis, their secretary, was busy scribbling uh, down the contents of at least the first chapter of this book while they would uh, while they would walk. And uh, Simpson told the story to uh, the famous Robert Woodrow, who was the great historian of the Covenanter era. And that dictation became the first chapter of the book, which is also somewhat confusingly entitled The Sum of Saving Knowledge. And that's really the doctrinal meat of the book, that first chapter um, which contains um, uh, really a summary of the soteriology of, of the confession. So that's, uh, that's how the book came to be, uh, very much a pastoral purpose. Uh, let's take this wonderful covenant theology, which is our heritage, and let's try to make it accessible for uh, the person in the pew. And this is also <clears throat> a perfect book. Uh, anybody listening who is in charge of filling the tract racks in the narthex or the lobby of your church, whether it be the elders or deacons, uh, or putting uh, books out uh, for the general population to take uh, from your uh, church uh, narthex, I would highly recommend that your church orders uh, a case or two or more, depending upon the size of your church, of this book, because it is small enough that uh, someone could easily fit it in their pocket and bring it home with them, and uh, obviously uh, more expensive than a typical tract would be, but it's small enough to be convenient, and the sum of saving knowledge, as the title is self-explanatory, would be an excellent way for people, not only who are members of your church, but visitors, to be aware of what your congregation believes to be the most prominent doctrines uh, believed amongst Christians, uh, especially Reformed Christians. So that's my little plug for that. <clears throat> and uh, if you want to find out more about uh, ordering this book, either in single copies or in multiple uh, quantities, uh, go to crownandcovenant.com, crownandcovenant.com, and you can also purchase the book through our sponsors, Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com, cv for Cumberland Valley, bbs for biblebookservice.com, and hopefully I will remember to repeat that information later. We're going to our first commercial break. If you have a question for our guest today, Dr. David Whitla, please send it to chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. 
As always, give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Please only remain anonymous if your question involves a personal and private matter. That's chrisarnzen at gmail.com. Don't go away. We will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I've been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. Try it, TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Arnson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to thestandardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe, build, fight.
PuritanPHX.com. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President Emeritus and Professor of Systematic and Applied Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Every Christian who's serious about the Reformed faith and the Westminster Standards should have and use the eight-volume commentary on the theology and ethics of the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity by Dr. Joseph Moorcraft. It is much more than an exposition of the Larger Catechism. It is a thoroughly researched work that utilizes biblical exegesis as well as historical and systematic theology. Dr. Moorcraft is pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, and I urge everyone looking for a biblically faithful church in that area to visit that fine congregation. For details on the eight-volume commentary, go to westminstercommentary.com, westminstercommentary.com. For details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Please tell Dr. Moorcraft and the saints at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, that Dr. Joseph Piper of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary sent you. If you're near retirement or thinking about retiring, you probably have questions. How do you make your savings last? How much should you take out and when? You're ready for retirement, but are your finances? Art Amundsen and Edward Jones Financial Advisor can help you build a strategy to help make sure your finances keep up with your long-term needs. Do what it takes to get there. Now it's time to make the most of retirement. Visit edwardjones.com. That's edwardjones.com. Or call 717-258-4688. 717-258-4688. We here at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio are forever grateful for the generous financial support of Art Amundsen, Edward Jones Financial Advisor in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Call 717-258-4688 today. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnton is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission to foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the Gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel. 
and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. This is Daryl Bernard Harrison, co-host of the Just Thinking Podcast, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tom Buck. A First Baptist Church in Lindale, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Kent Keller of Faith Bible Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Andrew Rappaport, the founder and executive director at Striving for Eternity Ministries, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Mark Romaldi, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church of Greenbrier, Tennessee, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Christopher Cookston, pastor of Prineville Community Church in Prineville, Oregon, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Matt Tarr, pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Larksville, Pennsylvania, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB and tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Iron Sharpens Iron Radio praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society Jewelers of America and the Gemological Institute of America for the perfect custom designed engagement ring or any one of a kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered no matter where you live in the world Royal Diadem will walk you step by step through every stage of the process and even hold a high tech internet virtual visit using state of the art jewelry design technology to serve you they start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they're continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. 
This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit RoyalDiadem.com. That's RoyalDiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewelers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, RoyalDiadem.com still offering Iron Sharpens Iron Radio 100% of the profits from any sale to an Iron Sharpens Iron Radio listener of jewelry valued at $100 or more, whether you're ordering something that they already have in stock at royaldiadem.com, or if you're having a customized piece of jewelry created, like an engagement ring, or like turning your church logo or your parachurch ministry logo or your denomination logo or your uh, seminary logo, if you're turning that into a piece of jewelry or if anything else that your imagination and creativity can conjure up, RoyalDiadem.com will do an absolutely mind-blowing job at creating exactly what you want according to your specifications, and it will even exceed your expectations, I promise you. I've seen firsthand the work they do. That's RoyalDiadem.com. Try to visit that website soon because we have no idea when they are going to pull the plug on their offer to us where we receive 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry, $100 or more. So please try to visit RoyalDiadem.com as soon as possible, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. That's RoyalDiadem.com. RoyalDiadem.com. Mention Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. We are now back with my guest today. Uh, Dr. David Whitla. Uh, he is professor of church history at Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We are discussing The Sum of Saving Knowledge, a book that has been rescued from the archives of church history and brought back into print in a modern form. It was written in 1650 by David Dixon and James Durham, and now it is more accessible uh, to the average person in the pew. If you have any question for Dr. Whitla, our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com, chrisarnzen at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name at least, your city and state, and your country of residence. Uh, we do have uh, a listener. Uh, we have uh, Bobby in Hartsdale, New York, who says, Would you recommend this book for Reformed Baptists as well? whose confession is nearly identical to the Westminster, only differing on baptism issues and issues regarding church polity? That's a great question. And the answer is absolutely. Uh, Especially if you are a subscriber to the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession, I think you'll find this to be a very helpful companion. Uh, As I said, the title of the book is The Sum of of Saving Knowledge. It's not the sum of ecclesiastical knowledge or eschatological knowledge or or some other perhaps more contested points that um, uh, do separate uh, people within the reform camp. But rather, this is a handbook on on soteriology. Now, I, I do appreciate that even within uh, Reformed Baptist world, there is uh, there are differences of opinion on some definitions of covenant theology. 
Uh, I like to think of this book as something of a crash course in covenant theology. Uh, it articulates particularly uh, the covenant of redemption uh, in a very clear way. That's something that uh, not all uh, books of the period did, uh, but obviously the covenant of works and the covenant of grace as well. So um, again, there may be some uh, slight nuances of uh, understanding on some of those things, uh, I realize, within uh, the Reformed Baptist uh, churches. But I would say if you're a 1689 man, uh, yes, definitely the Son of Saving Knowledge uh, will be a very helpful companion. Well, guess what, Bobby? Thanks to our generous friends at Crown and Covenant Publications, you have won a free copy of the Sum of Saving Knowledge, the compliments of Crown and Covenant, and also compliments of Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com. We'll be shipping that book out to you at no charge to you or to us. Just make sure you give us your full mailing address in Hartsdale, New York. Uh, we have Arnie in Perry County, Pennsylvania, who says, is the sum of saving knowledge book something that is more in line with reminding us and reaffirming things that we who are Reformed already know, or may it surprise us by introducing something that we may not have been aware of? That's another great question. Uh, I would say that the Sum of Saving Knowledge is uh, certainly a helpful refresher course uh, for those of us who may perhaps feel we're well-versed in our covenant theology. I think probably what will uh, maybe surprise people is that this is a book that can be used for evangelism as well. Now, I realize that uh, I've updated the language ever so slightly. Uh, the, the sentences were very long, and I've tried to break them up a little bit. Perhaps the 17th century language that remains may be a, a hurdle for some. Um, but this book contains um, the application of that soteriology. It's possible, I think, for us as Christians to say, well, I know the gospel. I don't need another gospel presentation. But we always need to be preaching the gospel to ourselves. The gospel should never get old to us. We never uh, graduate from the gospel. And so to be reminded of those things uh, which of which we have already been taught and been convinced, as the Apostle says, I will not tire to remind you of these things again and again. So um, I find this uh, personally in my own Christian life to be um, a very helpful reminder of things, but it does present things in a very refreshing way. Um, I particularly appreciate the treatment of the covenant of grace here, uh, the time in which this book was written, the covenant uh, theology that has been codified in uh, the Reformed Confessions was very much in a state of development. Some of the terminology for the covenant of grace, for example, uh, is eclectic in this period. And so we find in this book uh, references to the covenant of, of mercy and the covenant of, of, of uh, gracious reconciliation. And there's just some uh, beautiful ways in which Dixon and Durham describe uh, the gospel to us. Probably, I would say, the greatest uh, contribution theologically which the Son of Saving Knowledge gives us is um, a presentation of the covenant of redemption. Covenant of redemption, as uh, you here may be aware, is not something that is fleshed out um, very fully in the Westminster documents themselves. Uh, David Dixon is often credited as being, if not the first to articulate the covenant of redemption in a systematic way. He certainly is one of the earliest theologians to do so. Uh, and he has just some very helpful uh, material on this uh, in the sum of saving knowledge. 
Uh, this is something that he also fleshed out uh, in other writings of the time, particularly his magnum opus, the Therapeutica Sacra, uh, which was a massive casuistry uh, that he published, um, well, it was actually published after, after his death. Um, but there are other writings as well where uh, Dixon really explains that uh, the eternal dimensions of the gospel, that in eternity past God the Father covenanted with God the Son to save and elect people uh, to himself out of lost humanity. And that's something that may surprise some uh, some uh, readers. I'm conscious that many in the Reformed tradition, uh, at least as I've been a pastor, are perhaps uh, unfamiliar with that dimension. They certainly have uh, read about election and, and predestination. Uh, they're Calvinists after all. Um, but placing that uh, theology within its covenant theological context is something that we don't sometimes see. So that may perhaps come as, if not a surprise, uh, perhaps a refreshing angle on the eternal dimensions of our great salvation. And uh, you have won a free uh, copy as well, uh, Arnie, of the Sum of Saving Knowledge. Please make sure we have your full mailing address in Perry County, Pennsylvania, and uh, cvbbs.com. We'll ship that out to you for free. And we thank, again, our friends at Crown and Covenant Publications for their generosity in providing us with a limited number of copies of this book for those who submit questions today. We have an anonymous listener who says, and you actually already mentioned uh, in part what he is asking about, but perhaps you can expand on it. I have many friends who are in battle with me over Calvinism, which they think is absolute heresy. Would this book be helpful in bringing them to a true understanding of what this system actually teaches rather than the caricature? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that uh, strikes, I think, some readers as uh, a little unusual about this book is that it uh, two of the strongest statements that you find in here, the covenant of redemption and these this uh, eternal dimension to our salvation that God from all eternity saved uh, our people uh, to himself. The other problem, that the other um, balancing statement which you find very strongly stated in this is the, uh, the free offer of the gospel. And uh, some of the clearest uh, teaching in this period on the free offer is found actually in this little book. Now that's puzzling to our Arminian uh, friends. Uh, how can God be a God of election and yet at the same time uh, freely offer the gospel to all? Uh, and I find often that that's very disarming um, when we're trying to um, bring our friends to um, a reformed understanding of the scriptures and the sovereign grace of God in Christ from all eternity. Um, Oftentimes, um, they have a, a wrong understanding of, of what we're trying to say as, as Calvinists. I, I've kind of come to the place when someone asks me if I'm a Calvinist, I always ask them, you, t- you tell me what a Calvinist is, and then I'll tell you if I am one or not. Because very often, um, they have, um, I think, a, a wrong view um, that sees us, we believe that God made us all robots, and uh, and, and there's no um, free agency of any kind whatsoever, and that simply is a mischaracterization of, of what Calvin taught. Certainly, um, uh, what we have in Dixon and Durham's little volume here is a wonderful statement balancing both those things, that you can preach the gospel freely and invite people uh, to, to Christ um, as any good Arminian desires to do. And yet that is not antithetical to the election of grace. So uh, Dixon and Durham certainly do address these issues, particularly, again, 
um, uh, keeping a, a tension between this um, notion of a covenant of redemption and uh, original sin and its impact and the wetic effects of sin. All of that is in here. Um, and yet you also have this free offer of the gospel. In fact, one of the one of the often controversial aspects of this book is that it contains what some today would even perhaps consider to be uh, a sinner's prayer. Uh, I realize that terminology probably kindles uh, in some people's minds the notions of uh, Charles Finney and uh, and uh, um, making the uh, sawdust trail and, and signing decision cards, but that is not uh, opposed to the doctrine of election um, for Di- for Dixon and Durham. Maybe, maybe I'll just read to you this uh, what I'm calling a sinner's prayer. Uh, and I should just say, by way of context, this is the practical use of saving knowledge. Um, the sum of saving knowledge is the doctrinal meat of the book. But the last two, three, let's see chapters two, three, and four are actually the practical application of that. And uh, the practical use or application of this saving knowledge is to actually be saved by it. And the writers are at pains to woo the reader to close with Christ by faith. And uh, so you have this, what I'm calling in, a sinner's in prayer. Fa- in fact, David, could you read that yep. prayer after we return from our midway break? Absolutely. Because I'd rather not interrupt you in mid-sentence during the prayer. Uh, this is the break that Grace Life Radio, 90.1 FM in Lake City, Florida, uses to localize Iron Trump and Zion Radio geographically to Lake City, Florida, with their own public service announcements and other local things that is required of them by the FCC. While they do that, we simultaneously air our globally heard commercials. Please use this time wisely. We ask of you to write down as much of the contact information as you possibly can, for as many of our advertisers as you possibly can, so that you can more frequently and successfully contact our advertisers. And hopefully that will often mean that you are buying their products, you are using their services, you are visiting their churches, and supporting their parachurch organizations. But when you cannot do any of that, there's one thing that everybody listening can definitely do. If you really love the show and are grateful to God that there are organizations that love this show so much they are sharing with us uh, some of the money uh, with which God has blessed them with us so that we can exist. If you're really grateful about that because you love the show, thank our advertisers. We can't exist without our advertisers, folks. So please, at the very least, contact them and say thank you for sponsoring Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And also, of course, send in your questions to David Whitla, the Chris Arnzen at gmail.com. C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state of residence, and your country of residence. Don't go away. James White of Alkenbega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Vody Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. 
And there's more great news. Chris Irons and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org. That's g3min.org. And enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parent and host of its award-winning podcast, I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s, and what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com. Today at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York, by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333. Or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. 
Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest in buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie All in 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebrous Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. As host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, I frequently get requests from listeners for church recommendations. A church I've been strongly recommending as far back as the 1980s is Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how He shall be worshipped and how He shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. Grace Covenant Baptist Church endeavors to maintain a God-centered focus, reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship, performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbcnj.squarespace.com. That's gcbcnj.squarespace.com. Or call them at 908 908- 996-7654 That's 908-996-7654 Tell Pastor Dunn that you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. 
or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our Sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005. The publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President and Professor of Systematic and Homiletical Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Taylor, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck White at the First Trinity Lutheran Church in Tonawanda, New York. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Anthony Mathenia of Christ Church in Radford, Virginia. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jesse Miller of Damascus Road Christian Church in Gardnerville, Nevada. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Bruce Bennett of Word of Truth Church in Farmingville, Long Island, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Rodney Brown of Metro Bible Church in South Lake, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jim Harrison of Red Mills Baptist Church in Mayapack Falls, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Hello, my name is Anthony Uvinio, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York. 
and also the host of the ReformRookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio in the search bar. You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show at any time, day or night. Please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnson has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, you can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reformed Rookie Podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, New York. Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future, and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And don't forget, folks, make your very first stop for all your gift-giving needs to solid-ground-books.com. They publish and bring back into print nothing but the very finest in Christian literature dating back to the Protestant Reformation and extending forward to our present day, including such modern-day authors as Dr. James R. White of Alpha to Omega Ministries. That's solid-ground-books.com. Purchase frequently, purchase generously. Always mention that you heard about them from Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Before I return to my guests today... David Whitla, and our discussion on the sum of saving knowledge. I have a couple of very important announcements to make. First of all, if you really love this show and do not want it to disappear from the airwaves, I'm urging you, please, to go to ironsharpensironradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. You could donate instantly with a debit or credit card in that fashion. And if you prefer snail mail, sending in a physical check to a physical address the old-fashioned way, there will also be a physical address that appears on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can mail your checks made payable to Iron Sharpens Iron. Also, uh, if you want to advertise with us, uh, whether it's your church, your parachurch ministry, your seminary, 
your business, your private practice, like a law firm or a medical firm, or it's a special event, perhaps, that you want to promote. As long as whatever it is you're promoting is compatible with what we believe here at Iron Sharp and Iron Radio, I would love to help you launch an ad campaign as quickly as possible. You don't have to believe identically with me, but you need to be promoting something that is at the very least compatible with what we believe here. So if that's the case, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. We are just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars as we are in your donations. And always remember, folks, I never want anybody in the listening audience to cut into the money that you have set aside every week for your Lord's Day giving to your own local church where you are a member in order to give to Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Please never do that. In other words, never give your own church where you are a member less than you're accustomed to giving your church in order to bless us with a financial gift. And also, if you're really struggling to survive and make ends meet, please wait until you are back on your feet and more financially stable before you send us a financial gift. Two things that are clear in the scriptures about finances is that God commands us to provide for our church and our family. He does not command that uh, you provide for Iron Trip and Zion Radio, obviously. But if you love this show and you don't want it to go off the air and you do have extra money collecting interest in the bank, you have extra money for benevolent, recreational, and trivial purposes, then please, I'm asking you, go to ironsharpensionradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate. Now, we are in urgent need of your help financially. And uh, also, I want to let our listeners know about a conference that I hope you attend, especially if you live in or near Milton, Florida, or are able to travel there this March 3rd through the 5th. The First Love Ministries is having their first annual Bible conference on the theme, Examining the New Birth, featuring guest speaker Joseph Jackowitz, founder and president of First Love Ministries, and First Love Radio, which is the radio network live streaming this program right now. And there are many other speakers on the roster at this conference on Examining the New Birth. And as I said, it will be held March 3rd through the 5th, in Milton, Florida. If you want more details on this conference, go to firstloveministries.org, firstloveministries.org. And last but not least, if you are not a member of a Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, theologically sound, doctrinally solid church, no matter where on the planet Earth you live, I have extensive lists of biblically faithful churches spanning the globe and may be able to help you find a church even perhaps possibly within a couple of minutes from where you live, as I have done with many listeners all over the world in the Iron Trump and Zion radio audience. So if that is your predicament right now, you are not a member of a biblically faithful church, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put I need a church in the subject line. That's also the email address where you can send in a question to Dr. David Whitla on the sum of saving knowledge, chrisarnson at gmail.com, chrisarnson at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, city and state, and country of residence. And as you may remember, Dr. Whitlow, right before the midway break, you were just about to read what could be called a Reformed Sinner's Prayer, and I would love to hear that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So this uh, prayer is found in the uh, practical use of saving knowledge, which is the second chapter of the book. And the application is, well, you need to be saved by this knowledge. So um, this is uh, how it goes. Consequently, let the penitent man who desires to believe take words with him, Hosea 14.2, and say heartily to the Lord. And here's the prayer. Since you say, seek my face, my soul answers you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Psalm 27, 8. I have paid attention to the offer of an everlasting covenant of all saving mercies to be had in Christ. And I do heartily embrace your offer. Lord, let it be a bargain. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Behold, I give myself to you to serve you in all things forever. And I hope your right hand shall save me, for the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Mark 9.24 and Psalm 138.7-8. And Dixon says after that, And that is how a man may be made a sincere believer in Christ. I should just explain that he's not saying say the prayer and bam, it's done. It's not It's not a, uh, an Arminian easy believism here. Uh, this is coming on the heels of uh, a chapter and a half of presentation of the gospel uh, and reminding uh, the sinner that uh, the gospel is for him. It's a great, exp- actually a great uh, exposition of the law work and the gospel work and how the law uh, breaks man for sin, exposes his sin and, and drives him to Christ and the gospel. So, so that kind of sinner's prayer, I suppose you might say, um, but devoid certainly of the Arminian trappings. In fact, uh, David Dixon at one point was imprisoned for preaching against Arminianism. Uh, he has a, num- <laughs> a number of very famous uh, sermons that he preached on the subject, and uh, at the famous uh, Second Reformation of Scotland, the great reforming General Assembly of 1638, uh, he preached a very famous sermon uh, arguing that Arminianism is an essentially a, a very pure brand of, of Roman soteriology. So, so this is not some uh, some Arminian uh, sinner's prayer by any means. But I think it's a good reminder uh, to go back to your uh, listener's question that I think m- many uh, Arminian people I think imagine that to be a Calvinist is not to exhort people to close with Christ and it's not to urge them uh, to pray in this way. Uh, I think it was like Lloyd Jones who said that you haven't truly preached the gospel uh, as a Calvinist until someone out there has accused you of being an Arminian. <laughs> now that may be hyperbole, uh, I suppose, uh, but we do need to be uh, to be preaching Christ, inviting people to come to Him, uh, and urging them to pray a prayer, perhaps not unlike that. And obviously, even the most reformed of Christians. If someone comes to them uh, that was, to our knowledge, lost, and they desire to be saved by Christ, we're going to look for some elements in what they say and what they pray to determine if that it is a genuine saving faith with which they approach us. Uh, We're not going to accept any utterance uh, they may even have an utterance that is completely false as to what their expectations are. 
They may say, I, I, I really want to become a Christian because I know it's going to save my marriage from falling apart. I, I, I really want to become a Christian because it's going to help make me healthy, wealthy, and wise. You know, you could go on and on with things that are false reasons uh, that people come to Christ because they are not really coming to Christ in reality. <clears throat> uh, they are seeking the benefits of religion that they presume are awaiting them, rightly or wrongly, but they're not really coming to Christ. So I think what you have read there is completely uh, appropriate. In fact, there's an excellent book that I'm sure you're aware of that Banner of Truth publishes, The Valley of Vision, that is, yeah, that is filled with Puritan prayers. And so I, I don't think there's anything that should raise the eyebrows of Reformed people at all in reference to what you have read. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, Dixon and Durham in, in this book uh, frequently will, um, will well, each chapter has an application point basically uh, for the reader uh, to make sure that they have understood and are applying what they have read. And it's very interesting how they do this. At the end of each chapter, they have, uh, well, I guess we would call it a syllogism, um, where uh, have you heard what we've said? If you believe that, if you truly believe that, then this is the application that there ought to be. And uh, very frequently, they they put words into the into the lips of the reader, but they're, they're frequently the words of of scripture. Um, I'll give you just another example. Um, this is a personal application, a warrant and motive to believe about God's hearty invitation. He says. Whoever heartily receives the offer of free grace made here to sinners, thirsting for righteousness and salvation, to him Christ the true David belongs by an everlasting covenant with all his sure and saving mercies. May the weak believer continue, but I do heartily receive the offer of free grace made here to sinners, thirsting for righteousness and salvation. Therefore, Christ Jesus, with all his sure and saving mercies, belongs to me by an everlasting uh, covenant. So here's a weak believer who is struggling with assurance. And um, Dixon again puts words into his mouth and urges him to, to reason that the free offer of the gospel does apply to me. And I have accepted it. And therefore, I am saved. I need to believe the gospel. and I need to believe that when... The Bible says, if you have put your faith in Christ, you are saved. If you can truly say in your heart of hearts, I have believed in Christ, then do not doubt the word of God, uh, what he has said of you. So, so the personal applications are, are found throughout this. They are given to the unbeliever who is reading uh, to close with Christ. They are given to the weak believer who's struggling with assurance of salvation. Um, and I think they're a very effective way of driving home uh, in a very pointed way. Uh, the words of the book. I should I should probably have said this at the beginning, but uh, I told the story of the first chapter being the composition of these two friends as they were walking along. Uh, chapters two, three, and four were actually composed uh, from some sermon notes of David Dixon, and so they are very uh, sermonic in nature. They're very pastoral in nature. They are filled with application uh, for the hearer. And uh, I find that a very effective, uh, very effective form of, of, of writing. Uh, the second chapter is the practical use of saving knowledge, which, as I said, is to be saved by it. The third chapter is entitled The Warrants and Motives to Believe. 
so if you are to believe the gospel, why should I do that? And uh, I think there's just some wonderful material here about God's hearty invitation. There's that free offer. God's earnest request to be reconciled. God's command that all should believe and the believer's assurance of salvation. And and you can almost hear uh, Dixon preaching these words, wooing people to come to Christ uh, and those who have come to Christ to come to Christ also for assurance of their salvation. And the same with the last chapter is uh, entitled The Evidence of True Faith. Uh, So having heard the gospel of the covenant of grace and the practical use of it and having been presented with every possible warrant to personally accept the free terms of the gospel of grace, he then closes the book with evidences uh, that we can look to of being in covenant with, with God. And there's a marvelous treatment on uh, the doctrine of sanctification uh, in that section as well. But you can hear the uh, the, the preaching uh, coming out here as well. It's very pastoral. Uh, it's very um, It's very applicable to the readers' lives. Amen. And we have Susan Margaret from Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, who wants to know, can you tell me what you believe to be the non-negotiables when it comes to what a person must believe to be born again or to at least be rightfully identified as a born-again brother or sister? And does this book contain all of those elements that absolutely must be believed? Absolutely. Well, um, to be born again, we obviously understand to be a, a monergistic work of God, um, whereby our hearts are open to receive those non-negotiables. But um, I would say that the non-negotiables, one has to uh, repent of one's sins and acknowledge that one is a sinner uh, and worthy of the wrath of God. There needs to be, in the terms of this book, a, a law work. We need to be convinced of uh, of uh, uh, the of uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment by the law, and so the law does its work. It convicts us of sin, and it drives us out of ourselves to Jesus Christ. And so this book also points clearly to the work of Christ in His threefold office of prophet, priest, and king. What He has done in taking upon Himself the sin of His people and bearing it uh, away. And so the cross of Christ is absolutely central uh, in this book, and it is an absolute non-negotiable. Uh, you have to have a sufficient Savior, and that Savior alone is Jesus Christ. So to repent of one's sin and to put one's faith in the finished work of Christ, these are the great non-negotiable things. Uh, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Um, to use the, the uh, theological terminology, which does come across in this little book, um, there is, in a certain sense, a conditionality to the covenant of grace, but it is a gracious conditionality. That unless you repent, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And unless you believe in Jesus Christ, you will not be saved. And faith and repentance uh, are both uh, necessary. They are necessary conditions, but they are gracious conditions. Uh, grace is itself, uh, faith is itself the gift of God. It is not of works, so that no one can boast. So, at, at the at the risk of uh, making the gospel sound more complicated than than those things, that he certainly expands upon these things 
uh, in marvelous ways in this little book. But uh, I think this book is actually one of the clearest 17th century presentations of the gospel that you will read, uh, and it's packed into a very small space as well. I think this this edition uh, worked out at 78 pages, but the the first chapter contains the the, the heart of the gospel. And uh, let me see this edition that kicks you that's uh, 11 pages, the first 11 pages, and it's amazing. Uh, all of the confessions soteriology is packed uh, into those 10 or 11 pages. Susan Margaret, thank you for the excellent questions. Send us your full mailing address in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania, and cvbbs.com will ship out a free copy of The Sum of Saving Knowledge to you. And again, that's compliments of our friends at Crown and Covenant Publications and compliments of our friends at cvbbs.com who are actually shipping the book to you at no cost to you or to us. We have Grady in Asheboro, North Carolina, who is one of the most faithful and loyal and generous supporters of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Uh, he says, Greetings, brothers. I am in the process of reading Meet the Puritans by Dr. Joel Beakey and Randall J. Peterson. At the end of each biography, there's a list of their works that we're aware of. I'm astonished at the number of Puritan works not in print. Are you planning on making available any of these great writings from the past available? Um, obviously, that would be a question for Crown and Covenant, <laughs> but perhaps you, <laughs> perhaps you have your own thoughts on that. Yeah, there is an absolute mountain of uh, Puritan uh, theology, Puritan preaching that remains out of print. And uh, one of the difficult things is the accessibility of these texts, although that has um, largely been overcome with uh, programs like Early English Books Online, which um, contains a, it's a massive database of every English book in print that has been scanned as PDFs. Now, this is the kind of um, resource that you will probably only find in uh, an academic library. Um, here at RPTS, we're blessed to have that as well. And so, uh, yeah, it's a great book. Meet the Puritans, love that book. And like yourself, I see all these books, and they're published in 16-something. And you look at the title, and you say, ooh, I'd love to read that, um, but I can't get hands on it. Um, so this is an ongoing an ongoing project for the church in our day. Um, I think of the Banner of Truth, which is kind of the, the I would say, it's the granddaddy of reform publishing in the, in the mid twentieth century, bringing back to life uh, many of these books. And so the you know the, the standard uh, collections of the works of Owen and Sibbs and Manton and Bridge and people like this they have kept in print. But then of course they were they were joined by Reformation Heritage and Solidale Glory of Don Kistler. Uh, Mike Gadosh, of course, is doing a similar kind of thing at the Solid Ground. Um, there's been a real uh, resurgence of interest in the Puritans. And I think a lot of this is because um, people are dissatisfied with uh, the books they found at that Christian bookstore I mentioned at the start of the program. Um, I often say to people, I, I will find more spiritual profit in one page of a Puritan volume than sometimes a whole chapter or even a whole volume of a contemporary uh, evangelical publication. 
As to plans uh, to to continue to do this kind of work, uh, yes, I, I certainly this is uh, something I like to do on the side. Uh, I'm a professor of church history, and um, I, I have uh, lots of other things I do. But this is certainly uh, something that's on my heart, and um, I do have various projects. You'll have to wait and see. Uh, I will say um, one other thing that we have done at Chronic Covenant: uh, we do have a matching volume to this sum of saving knowledge. We published a very nice little gift edition of the Westminster Larger Catechism, uh, which is a matching volume with a nice green cloth cover and, and a ribbon marker like this edition of the sum and uh, it's you may say well that's that's easily available uh, and that's true you could go to the internet and you could download the text of the sum of saving knowledge uh, but we want books to be on people's shelves we want books to be um, to be companions uh, we're living in an age of the ebook. Uh, it's wonderful that you can download PDFs of many of these Puritan titles. Um, you don't have to have access to early English books online. Uh, Google Books um, um, have many of these. The Internet Archive, archive.org, often will have copies as well. Uh, the uh, PRDL.org, uh, Post-Reformation Digital Library, contain um, long, uh, long lists of uh, searchable files as well. These are other places you can go. But I have to say there simply is no, um, uh, there's no alternative to actually having a book in your hand. And um, I, I, I like to have, a, I say, a book, an old book, a good book is like a good friend. Uh, I can think of books and where I purchased them and where I was, and I, I write my name in them and where I bought them and when, and then I get busy with my, my pencil and I, and I underline and I, and I draw from those deep wells. So we want books to be attractive. We want books to be on shelves. We want books to be uh, studied not only individually but, um, but in groups as well. And, and I think some of those books in Meet the Puritans uh, are just aching to be republished. Uh, RHB are doing a great job in making them available, the banner as well. And I don't think there's going to be any um, less demand. At least that's the way things seem to be. I understand Crossway are publishing a new uh, set of the uh, Owen works. I uh, can't remember how many volumes they're hoping to churn out. But that tells you there is a demand uh, for this. And so I would say if you have a wish list of uh, titles that you would like to see um, uh, published again, um, might be worth getting in touch with publishers and saying, have you considered this title or, or that title? And uh, there are many treasures ready to be uh, unearthed. So I, uh, I feel your pain. Uh, I would love to be able to get access to some of these um, in a readable format, uh, retypeset. Um, part of the problem, again, is it takes a lot of work, a lot of man hours, and also there needs to be a market for it. I think the market's there, uh, but making them attractive um, and uh, making them marketable, uh, that's another part of the puzzle as well. Yes, as my friend Jeff Pollard of Chapel Library affectionately calls uh, Christian literature paper missionaries. And there is something that is unique about a physical book that is light years superior to the Internet and anything you can download is that you can share a book with someone you love. And it is obviously far more meaningful than, say, I'm going to email you a download of something uh, and, of course, when we leave this earth and enter into eternity, what greater legacy can we leave uh, to those that we leave behind, including uh, any that have children especially, than a library 
of books that will nourish them and their faith and may, if they are lost themselves, can, may lead them to Christ by God's sovereign grace and mercy. Uh, and of course, it's a tragedy whenever the surviving families of a Christian do not treat those books as if they are a treasure trove of rare and priceless jewels, as they should. Uh, <clears throat> I remember years ago, this was back in the 80s, uh, when uh, my late wife's, uh, one of her former pastors, gave me as a gift a first edition, four-volume autobiography of Charles Adam Spurgeon, uh, printed when his, his wife Susie was still living. And that came from the library of a recently deceased Episcopal minister who had a treasure trove of books in his library that he left behind that his surviving family treated as trash that they wanted to get rid of as quickly as possible. Uh, I only wish that I had been among those excavating that library uh, when there was still anything left, but I was grateful to God that Pastor Andy Montoro uh, gave me as a gift that very wonderful uh, four-volume set by Spurgeon, but that's just the Little anecdote mm. that I th mm. antidote that I thought I'd throw out there. Uh, Chris, I wonder if I could. Can I just maybe add one more thought oh, yes. to that? Oh sure, I, sure. I really do appreciate the question from from the listener, and um, you know, we should be really thankful to the Lord that there has been such a resurgence of interest in the Puritans. Um, I began my story with you know, my dad telling me, "Read the Puritans, read the Puritans." It wasn't until I became a Christian that I, I really realized the value, and his pastor Lloyd Jones had done the same with him. But we have to remember that a resurgence of reprints of the Puritans does not necessarily equate to a resurgence of Puritanism in our churches. And I think we do have to be careful that we don't, um, you know, we we put our trust in Christ. And uh, we, we, we remember that um, it is the Puritans' God that we need in our midst and not Puritan books on our shelves. Now, those two things needn't be. Uh, opposites, but uh, it's quite possible to fill a head full of theology and yet be a comparative stranger to uh, to the Puritan's God. I remember this when I was doing my doctoral work, and uh, I did my work on, on a 17th century um, Scottish um, lawyer, actually. He was a member of the Westminster Assembly. Uh, Archibald Johnson of Warston was his name. It was very interesting uh, studying um, in a secular state university, um, reading uh, very intelligent people be able to articulate with incredible skill and ability the theology and Christian experience of the Puritans. And yet these were people who made no kind of profession of faith, and uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they were, many of them were atheists actually, and yet they were able to describe to me very accurately my own Christian experience, simply from having read the works of the Puritans, these great physicians of souls. And it was a, a real cautionary tale to me that it's possible uh, to love the Puritans, uh, to devour as many Puritan books as possible, and yet be a stranger to the God of the Puritans. And surely what we need in our day is not simply a revival of interest in the Puritans, but we need a true revival Amen. of the Holy Spirit in our churches. And my prayer, and I'm sure yours is as well, Chris, is that the Lord would use this great resurgence of interest in, in, in Puritan writings and little books like the Son of Saving Knowledge, making them available again, that these might be among the means 
the Lord would use to bring clarity to the theological confusion that exists in the churches today, and above all, uh, to present needy sinners with uh, a powerful Savior. You just reminded me of the story told to me by my friend, Pastor Ed Moore of North Shore Baptist Church in Bayside, Queens, New York. He was born and raised into an Arminian Christian home, and he actually came to hear for the first time and embrace the doctrines of sovereign grace, otherwise known as Calvinism and Reformed theology, by hearing a lost college professor explain the importance of Jonathan Edwards in American history. And wow. the man knew Edwards so well and what he believed and yet did not believe those teachings himself, but just, yes. but just viewed him as a very important, in fact, vital historic figure to rightly understand uh, the history of America. And mm. it was through that man's words that, that the Lord uh, opened up uh, Ed Moore's eyes, ears, and heart to the doctrines of sovereign grace. So I just thought I'd mention that uh, since it is uh, very familiar to what you just e expressed. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, now we're going to our final break. It's going to be a lot more brief than the other breaks. Uh, if you have a question, I would, uh, I would urge you to send it in as quickly as possible because we are going to be over before you know it. Time flies by so quickly, especially when you're having fun, as they say, and I'm having a lot of fun today. Uh, so send your new question if you have one to chrisarnzen at gmail.com, C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. As always, give us your first name at least, city and state, and country of residence. Don't go away. We're going to be right back right after these messages. James White of Alpha Mega Ministries here. I'm very excited to announce that my longtime friend Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio and I are heading down to Atlanta, Georgia again for the G3 National Conference. That's Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd on a theme that I have been preaching, teaching, writing about, and defending in live public debates for most of my life, the sovereignty of God. I'll be joined on the speaking roster by Steve Lawson, Bodie Balcom, Paul Washer, Virgil Walker, Scott Annual, and Josh Bice, founder of G3 Ministries. And there's more great news. Chris Arnson of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio can get you a 30% discount off the registration fee. Go to g3min.org, that's g3min.org, and enter promo code G3ISIR. That's G3ISIR for the 30% discount. Chris Arnson and I look forward to seeing you all Thursday, September 21st through Saturday the 23rd for the G3 National Conference in Atlanta, Georgia on the Sovereignty of God. Make sure you stop by the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Exhibitor booth and say hi to Chris Arnson while you're there. Go to g3min.org and enter promo code G3ISIR for your 30% discount off the registration fee. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, once said, Growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. 
Grace and peace to all the Iron Sharpens Iron listeners. This is Tony with TheStandardBeardCare.com. That's right, TheStandardBeardCare.com is a Christ-exalting, better-known and simple name in beard care. So if you have a beard, know a guy with a beard, or ladies, if you're married to a man with a beard, head over to TheStandardBeardCare.com. Check out the vast array of all-natural, handcrafted products to make that beard scriptural, manly, and beneficial. And when you do so, you will help to support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. When you use the promo code IRON at checkout, you will receive free shipping to anywhere in the lower 48, and 10% of your donations will go back to Chris Arnson and Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. So head over to the standardbeardcare.com, where the standard is the standard. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We're devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com It's such a blessing to hear from Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners from all over the world. Here's Joe Riley, a listener in Ireland, who wants you to know about a guest on the show he really loves hearing interviewed, Dr. Joe Moorcraft. I'm Joe Riley, a faithful Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener here in Atai, in County Kildare, Ireland, going back to 2005. One of my very favorite guests on Iron Sharpens Iron is Dr. Joe Moorcraft. If you've been blessed by Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, Dr. Moorcraft and Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, are largely to thank since they are one of the program's largest financial supporters. Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming is in Forsyth County, a part of the Atlanta metropolitan area. Heritage is a thoroughly biblical church, unwaveringly committed to Westminster standards, and Dr. Joe Moorcraft is the author of an eight-volume commentary on the larger catechism. Heritage is a member of the Hanover Presbytery, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and tracing its roots and heritage back to the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Heritage maintains and follows the biblical truth and principles proclaimed by the reformers. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, and God's glory alone. Their primary goal is the worship of the triune God that continues in eternity. For more details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. That's heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Or call 678-954-7831. That's 678-954-7831. If you visit, tell them Joe Riley, an Iron Sharpens Iron radio listener, and a toy in County Kildare, Ireland, sent you.
Hi, this is John Sampson, pastor of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, taking a moment of your day to talk about Chris Arnzen and the Iron Sharpens Iron podcast. I consider Chris a true friend and a man of high integrity. He's a skilled interviewer who's not afraid to ask the big penetrating questions while always defending the key doctrines of the Christian faith. I've always been happy to point people to this podcast knowing it's one of the very few safe places on the internet where folk won't be led astray. I believe this podcast needs to be heard far and wide. This is a day of great spiritual compromise, and yet God has raised Chris up for just such a time. And knowing this, it's up to us as members of the body of Christ to stand with such a ministry in prayer and in finances. I'm pleased to do so, and would like to ask you to prayerfully consider joining me in supporting Iron Sharpens Iron financially. Would you consider sending either a one-time gift or even becoming a regular monthly partner with this ministry? I know it would be a huge encouragement to Chris if you would. All the details can be found at ironsharpensironradio.com where you can click support. That's ironsharpensironradio.com. When Iron Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Pastor Nate Pickowitz of Harvest Bible Church in Gilmanton Ironworks, New Hampshire, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Rich Jensen of Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Sule Prince of Oakwood Wesleyan Church in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor John Samson of King's Church in Peoria, Arizona, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck Volo of New Life Community Church in Kingsville, Maryland, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Steve Herford of Eastport Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Roy Owens, Jr. of the Church at Friendship in Hockley, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Truppin's Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Getting a driver's license, running a cash register, flipping burgers, passing sixth grade. Do you know what they all have in common? They all require training, assessments, and certifications. But do you know what requires no training at all? Becoming a parent. My name is A.M. Brewster. I'm the president of Truth Love Parents and host of its award-winning podcast. I've been a biblical family counselor since the early 2000s. And what I've discovered is that the majority of Christian parents have never been biblically equipped to do the work of the ministry in their homes. That's why Truth Love Parent exists. We serve God by equipping dads and moms to be the ambassador parents God called and created them to be. We produce free parenting resources, train church leaders, and offer biblical counseling so that the next generation of dads and moms can use the scriptures to parent their children for life and godliness. Please visit us at truthloveparent.com.
I'm Dr. Tony Costa, Professor of Apologetics and Islam at Toronto Baptist Seminary. I'm thrilled to introduce to you a church where I've been invited to speak and have grown to love, Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, Long Island, New York, pastored by Rich Jensen and Christopher McDowell. It's such a joy to witness and experience fellowship with people of God like the dear saints at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Coram, who have an intensely passionate desire to continue digging deeper and deeper into the unfathomable riches of Christ in His Holy Word, and to enthusiastically proclaim Christ Jesus the King and His doctrines of sovereign grace in Suffolk County, Long Island, and beyond. I hope you also have the privilege of discovering this precious congregation and receive the blessing of being showered by their love, as I have. For more information on Hope Reform Baptist Church, go to hopereformedli.net. That's hopereformedli.net. Or call 631-696-5711. That's 631-696-5711. Tell the folks at Hope Reformed Baptist Church of Coram, Long Island, New York, that you heard about them from Tony Costa on Iron Sharpens Iron. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest and buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie Allen 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. And I can't wait until my very first Bible rebound by Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding arrives in the mail. Jeffrey Rice is truly a master at uh, rebinding Bibles and other very important documents. And uh, mine is a brown distressed leather version uh, that he is shipping me. I just can't wait to get my hands on it. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. I want to read a couple of, of very powerful endorsements for the book that we have been discussing, The Sum of Saving Knowledge, uh, first by a man who is living in heaven with Jesus Christ for eternity, and the second by a man who's still living here on earth. The first commendation is by Robert Murray McShane, 19th century revival preacher, who wrote this in his diary. The Sum of Saving Knowledge, the work which I think 
first wrought a saving change in me, how gladly would I renew the reading of it if that change might be carried on to perfection. That is some powerful endorsement coming from the likes of a great man of history like Robert Murray McShane. And then the second, uh, our brother in Christ, who is still with us here on earth, Chad Van Dixhorn, who I hope to get on this program. Uh, I heard word from him when I saw him at one of the Banner of Truth conferences that he would love to come on the show. Professor of Church History at Westminster Theological Seminary. The sum of saving knowledge is one of the documents of the error of the Westminster Assembly held most dear by Presbyterians. Suitable for families and Bible studies, this new edition with Dr. Whitla's introduction is a welcome addition to Crown and Covenant's stellar collection of Reformed and Presbyterian publications. So if that doesn't whet your appetite to get a hold of this book, I don't know what will. Uh, By the way, if you could, uh, Dr. Whitla, since we are having a friend of yours on this program, God willing, on St. Patrick's Day, uh, who we mentioned earlier, uh, Brother Gribben, Crawford Gribben, uh, to speak on his book, The Rise and Fall of Christian Ireland, uh, along with one of my pastors, Simon O'Manny, who is a native of Cork, Ireland. Uh, tell our listeners why they should tune into that interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in for a, a real treat. Um, Crawford Gribben was my uh, PhD supervisor, actually, for my, my doctoral work. We go back many, many years, um, uh, back to days when we were on mission teams in the west of Ireland together, actually. Um, Crawford is uh, one of the world's foremost scholars of uh, the period we're looking at, 17th century Puritanism, um, but also many other um, uh, eras as well. He's done some fine work on uh, 19th century uh, history of nonconformity in Ireland, particularly, and his latest work on the rise and fall of Christian Ireland is uh, is a fabulous work. It's a it's a very sad work in many ways because it does uh, speak about how rapidly uh, a nation close to my heart, obviously, has uh, has uh, apostatized and has fallen into very very rapid secularism, uh, and this tells the story of that. So it's a it's a book filled with. Um, very moving histories of, of martyrs, of great champions and heroes of the faith, but it's also a story of how the gospel can be lost uh, in a nation and uh, many salutary warnings uh, for uh, for this nation um, in which we are recording, but uh, I'm sure also nations that uh, your listeners belong to as well. So uh, you won't want to miss that episode. Uh, you'll find that a very, a very stimulating interview, I'm sure. So mark your calendars for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it's March 17th, and it's uh, obviously 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, as our show always is aired. And I hope that you join us for that. I'm sure what will be an exciting interview. Uh, we have time for one more question, I believe, uh, and it's another anonymous listener. <clears throat> the anonymous listener says, I have been in strong disagreement with people in my church on whether or not believing and understanding in the Trinity as it has been historically defined is absolutely necessary for salvation. I believe that the Trinity is indeed a pillar of the Christian faith. To deny it is heresy, and we should never tolerate, especially teachers and church leaders, expressing any other understanding of God. But I believe to insist that a 
new babe in Christ believe and understand this in order to deem them as a genuine brother and sister in the Lord is unreasonable. And I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, absolutely. We, we hold to the Catholic creed, small c, uh, the creeds of the early church, which unite us all as uh, as Christians. And uh, we believe that that is a dividing line between uh, heterodoxy and orthodoxy. Um, it is the triune God who saves. Uh, there is no other God. I am the Lord. There is no other and so um, uh, if there is uh, some other deity out there who is not the Trinitarian God of the Bible, uh, he is not a true God. And that is, uh, that's the prophet Isaiah speaking there and uh, not the opinion of a Scots-Irish history professor. So, uh, no, I believe you're absolutely correct to stand uh, upon the Trinitarian orthodoxy that is contained uh, in, in the scripture. Uh, the, the second point is an interesting one, though, that, uh, I mean, I think of a Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I shall be saved. And I believe he did believe and was saved that night. And I'm not certain that he was um, an expert in Trinitarian theology on the night in which he, he gave his life to Christ. So, of course, we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ, and we, we put down our roots, and uh, these things um, uh, become clearer through the teaching of the Church. Um, and so, um, absolutely, I, I, I would um, absolutely believe that it is possible for someone to have a simple gospel presentation and to and to believe unto salvation, but not to stop there, right? To grow in grace uh, and in knowledge. Amen. Well, we're out of time. I want to make sure that our listeners uh, have the necessary websites to learn more about you. Uh, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary of Pittsburgh's website is rpts.edu, rpts.edu. And if you want to find out more about the sum of saving knowledge, go to crownandcovenant.com, crownandcovenant.com. But I would urge you to purchase it through our sponsors, Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service, cvbbs.com, cvbbs.com. I want to thank you so much, uh, dear Dr. Whitlaw, for being such a superb and extraordinary guest. I look forward to your frequent return to the program if you are so inclined. I want to thank everybody who listened. I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior than you are a sinner. Amen.